what can be done to make the news industry safer for people of varying body sizes. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus, and on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, I'll speak with a researcher who's looking into unhealthy weight control behaviors among U.S. journalists. In plain English, people on television news appear to be more likely to have eating disorders or behaviors on the road to eating disorders. Alvin Tran, Assistant Professor of Public Health at the University of New Haven. So the study looks specifically at disordered eating behaviors, which tend to be considered precursors to full-onset eating disorders. So these individuals who are engaging in eating uh, disordered eating behaviors, uh, including vomiting for weight control, the use of diet pills, uh, use of laxatives for weight control, among many other different types of behaviors, these behaviors generally are considered uh, precursors to eating disorders. These individuals who are engaging in these behaviors don't necessarily have a diagnosis of eating disorders, but they may be on the pathway to developing one if they're not getting the necessary treatment. How common are these disorders? Some of these behaviors vary based on the population. We tend to see uh, some sexual minority male populations, so I'm talking about your gay, bisexual male populations engaging in certain types of disordered eating behaviors more so than their heterosexual counterparts. Uh, let's see, the first thing that comes to mind, we generally see binge eating to be very common among male populations in general, for instance. What are the risks of, uh, of having a disorder like this? So generally with muscle building supplements and diet pills, they are generally marketed as ways to lose weight or build build muscle. So generally quick fixes to change your body shape and size. Uh, What we know is that these products are generally loosely regulated by the Food and Drug Administration, and there's research that shows that they've been linked to a number of adverse health outcomes. So muscle building supplements and various diet pills, for instance, have been linked with cancer, including testicular cancer, and also liver failure as well. So these are not behaviors that we would recommend to anyone, especially children and teens, uh, as quick fixes to lose weight or build muscle. How did you get interested in uh, this area of study? I was part of a research team at Harvard School of Public Health and Boston Children's Hospital, which was trying to, which uh, this team was trying to raise awareness about the dangers of using these various dietary supplements that are being marketed for weight control and muscle building. I think for a lot of people, they are not aware that uh, these these uh, types of products, which are easily or readily available in store shelves that they are not aware that they are loosely regulated, that they aren't necessarily safe or effective for that matter. So I was part of a research team that was working closely with lawmakers in the state of Massachusetts to not only raise awareness about these potentially harmful substances and products, but to work towards pushing legislation that would make it more difficult for especially children to have access to these products. So let's talk about uh, this uh, piece of news that caught my eye. Um, They always say that journalists are really mostly interested in themselves, and maybe there's some truth to that. Um, But you found that uh, for journalists who are on TV, there appears to be um, higher odds of extreme dieting or eating disorders, right? Yeah. So what we did was we noticed, so my research team and I, we noticed that in the media, 
especially reporters who appear on air. So these are individuals who physically appear in front of a camera, whether it's for local news or uh, network level news or some sort of digital media platform. We were noticing that there were articles documenting that news reporters were getting body shamed literally on uh, by appearing on television. So they were being body shamed on social media. And we tried to delve into the research area here, trying to see, okay, what is currently known about it? We know that there is an abundant or growing number of research studies examining the role of fashion, of, of the fashion industry and whether people who work in the fashion industry, especially models, for instance, or whether we ask ourselves, well, are they under some sort of industry-related pressure to look a certain way, achieve a certain body standard. And I think it's clear that in the fashion world, there is. Less so studied is the role of appearance-related pressures in the news industry. And we know that for a large number of those who work in the U.S. media, some of them are regular person, uh, personalities who appear in front of the camera. And the question is, do they experience a similar appearance-related pressure as fashion models do. And there wasn't a lot of research that explored this. And we know that based on uh, previous studies or news articles in general, that many people get body shamed for being on the camera and for looking a certain way. So there's there was an opportunity to d- dive in and study this a little bit deeper. And what did you find out? How did you find this uh, this data? Yeah, so what we did was we launched an online survey asking questions about body image satisfaction, asking about engagement in disordered eating behaviors, including extreme fasting. We specifically reached out to various journalism-focused organizations like the Asian American Journalist Association being one of them and asked them to help us disseminate the survey just to allow us to at least have a understanding of what may be potentially going on in this industry. And I think uh, we had some very interesting results. And I think the next step for my research team is to launch an even larger study and to recruit an even larger sample to dive in and parse out our findings a little bit deeper. Yeah. What questions do you still have? I think what's needed here is a larger sample size. You know, we had close to around 150, 160 journalists altogether, which is great in the sense that there there isn't a lot of data or previous studies focused on this particular population. The next step is to ask an even more diverse sample of journalists, journalists who are working at the local level, the network level, uh, journalists who are women, journalists who are men, but also a racially and ethnically diverse group of journalists as well. That's what we want to look in a, uh, and dive in a little bit deeper to study whether there are elevated rates of disordered eating behaviors across race and ethnicity, but also across gender as well. It seems uh, to me that there are uh, pressures associated with uh, you know being on television What's your sense of where that pressure comes from for uh, the people who responded to your survey? Is it something they're getting from their employer? Is it something they're getting from viewers? Is it something they're they're putting on themselves knowing that they're going on TV? Or is it some combination of all, all of the above? It's a combination of all the above. I know that there was a qualitative component of the study that was published. And some reporters did say that a lot of the appearance-related pressure was self inflicted, meaning that, you know, they added uh, or they required themselves or put themselves on a diet to look a certain way. They were explicit in that. However, 
Uh, some reporters did say that they felt a little bit of pressure to change their appearance, change their hairdo, wear a certain color or wear a certain uh, type of clothing, for instance. Reporters did not tell us that their supervisors, including their news directors, did not directly tell them to lose weight in any matter. Most of the changes were related to their appearance, meaning their hairstyle, what they were wearing, and whether or not they should be wearing glasses on TV or not. So the next step for us, which reminds me, is that we need to do a qualitative study. We want to have these one-on-one interviews with different reporters, whether they're on-air or off-air, to understand any related appearance pressures moving forward, because I think having these qualitative interviews will actually explain and complement the quantitative findings that came out with this study. And I think um, most people could sort of understand that it would most likely never be as black and white as saying, oh, geez, if you want to host the uh, 11 p.m. news, you need to lose 15 pounds. But those sort of things are usually um, unspoken but ever present for, for broadcast journalists. I mean, I remember learning this in my first internship in a newsroom uh, at, at a local TV station where, you know, they said on the first day we get more mail about a new haircut than we do any story uh, that we, we ever publish. For sure, for sure. You know, I did an internship at a broadcast television studio a few years ago, and I remember the anchors who were women were always getting hate emails about the dress the dresses that they were wearing that it was not the right color on them things like that so i i did notice that and that you know part of that experience kind of inspired this study as well and i think based on what we know from existing research is that uh, women cl- women believe that you know they are evaluated on their appearance more so than men who work in the media just inarguable. I mean, <laughs> I work with the, the. I know because I'm a supervisor here the kind of emails I get and the kind of emails that the women on our staff get. And this is just radio for the most part here. It's. Um, I mean, this is you're looking at a societal issue for sure. For sure, for sure. The question that I would also like to answer is, you know, what can be done to make the news industry safer for people of varying body sizes, whether they live in a larger body uh, size or a smaller body size. I think what we want is to have a more inclusive news industry. Dr. Alvin Tran of the University of New Haven. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Have a great day. All right. That does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.